Hi, I'm Chrissy. Hi guys, I'm Marie. Welcome to We Call Bullshit. I am just your accessory. Marie. Yeah? What are we calling bullshit on today? Call bullshit on yourself. And we believe that life is way too short for shallow conversation and mediocre sex. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Welcome to We Call Bullshit. Today's episode is sponsored by No Solo. So No Solo is the shirt that I'm wearing right now. They are entire clothing brand that is around and supports and donates their profits to NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So if you know me, mental illness runs in my family. And with the, the death recently of Chandler, Matthew Perry, it's, you know, the now more than ever really doesn't resonate me with me when it comes to mental illness. You know, we always need to support that. And I do not think we do a good enough job of finding care for the people that have mental illness. So supporting companies like No Solo, who's on a mission to raise money for that care is super important. So you can use the code MarieUrban20 to receive 20% off of the clothes that you can wear to represent NAMI, No Solo, and that they will donate money to an amazing cause. So speaking of, Chrissy, what are we calling bullshit on today? Being a victim of your circumstance. Being a victim of my circumstances. So oh, we, your my circumstance. Oh, my So we believe that you're not in charge of the cards that you've been dealt, but you are 100% responsible for how you play those cards. Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight about my life. I don't really talk about it that much in a public forum. I'm a very public person. I'm a very extroverted person. I like to talk about my issues because I feel like they make other people feel more seen and heard and understood. A lot of people, when they meet me, they assume that I have no issues, right? I'm so bubbly, so extroverted, so happy, but that's only because I know what it's like to be not okay. And so I make a choice every single day to wear my positivity as a brand because it's important to not be a circumstance and not to be kind of a, what am I trying to say? So I think what Marie's trying to say is so, you know, I love the analogy of, there's two, I've seen this so many times. Um, actually, I have it hanging upstairs. I should have brought it downstairs. We should have had it for, for this episode. And it's the tale of two wolves. And it talks about... The tale of two what? Wolves. 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 And it talks about the good wolf and the bad wolf. And it's about a grandfather and a, and a grandson. And they're talking about it. And so the grandfather tells him the story about the two wolves. And the grandson said, well, which wolf wins? And the grandfather said, the one that you feed. And so... We are all born in certain circumstances, right? We can't control our family that we're born into. We can't control the circumstance we grew up in. What we can control is our reaction to it, what we do with our experiences, how we come out of it, reframing our mindset, and then what, how we let that affect the rest of our life. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to, yeah, like I'm going to kind of dive into what, you know, what this whole thing is about. So. I have a terrible relationship with my dad. Maybe he would argue different, which is maybe the problem. And then my mom suffers from mental illness. It's a terrible story and you can, you know, take it. But I believe that, you know, trauma makes people better or not. So my mom, her mom committed suicide when she was eight years old. She was taking a nap with her mom and her mom overdosed and died next to my mom. And like, you think about that situation, and I have an eight-year-old daughter. 
And like, when I think about that, like my mom was Riley and like my, her mom was me. And like, could you imagine how she had to grow up? So in that scenario, and my mom was eight years old, so it was in the 60s that this happened. Her, her dad like removed her from some situation because it was traumatic. Her mom died next to her. And like, she had to be removed from that situation. And she had an older brother and an older sister. And like, she didn't know what was going on. And then like, they probably tried to lie to her and she doesn't even remember. And my mom had a daughter and had a son. I have an older brother. And then couldn't fight, like for, couldn't fight those demons, those, those nurturing things that happened to her. Like you can't fight those. But she didn't have the care that she needed to be able to fight those demons. And so she got really bad. And when I was 14, my mom started to have like a mental breakdown where she started to, you know, suffer from depression and, you know, was on a ridiculous amount of medication, scary medication that I didn't understand. And she couldn't really function well because she was suffering, whether it be from PTSD whether it be from just, um, you know, her body not regulating her hormones and her serotonin levels and all of those things that she genetically has an issue. And so, you know, when you, she was searching for care, right, in her doctor or like, you know, in her psychiatrist and psychologist and stuff. And what happened was, is she got the wrong care. She was put on too much medication, too little medication, too much me different medication and all of this stuff. And what happened was that she got so bad that she couldn't come back from it. My mom is completely ruined by her illness and non-proper care. And now she's in her 60s and I am her 100% caregiver. And I have been dealt this hand ever since I was a young girl of taking care of a person with mental illness, which is hard and taxing and overwhelming and sad. And I wear that under my skin all day long. And like, I, I joke about it now, like, and I'm like, oh, my mom's my first child, like, ha, ha, ha. But like, it really is true. And like, when all I can do now as an adult and as a mother is make sure that doesn't happen to me. And, and that's exactly what we want to talk about today is, unfortunately, there are so many situations that are like Marie's. It's the unfortunate truth, especially as we look back at older generations where it was taboo for you to get help. There was no such thing as mental illness, right? Or we just locked, locked them away in psych wards. Like that was yeah. the option, right? It was like nothing's wrong or you're, you know, you're in a psych ward. And so now I think with the rise of awareness and care and therapy, like therapy's not taboo anymore. I, I have found so much in therapy. And like Marie, you know, I oftentimes feel like I'm parenting, you know, my mom for different, another situation uh, where we're all fighting demons, right? And so you never know, this is that other thing, be kind, you never know what people are going through behind closed doors, ever. I mean, look at Robin Williams, look at, you know, a lot of celebrities that have all the money in the world and you yeah, think- Kate Spade, Matthew just, Perry. Right, and you like... think- from the outside looking in, and you don't actually know what's on the pages of that book. You have zero idea. So be kind, that's number one. Number two, what Marie and I have chosen to do, right, with the trauma or the circumstances that we were dealt, right, 
we have chosen to choose better for our children. So in my situation, you know, not to get totally into it, but I never even realized it until I was in a relationship with my ex-husband that I didn't even know how to receive affection. I had no maternal affection in that way. So he would always say to me, you literally don't, you cringe when I touch you. You know how sad that is that like to now have that thought. And then when I found out that I was having a girl, I cried, not because I was upset that I was having a girl. That's not what I mean. I was nervous and worried that I would have the same relationship with my daughter that I had with my mother and that she had with her mother. It goes even further, right? It's usually generational. Can we break that? And so Marie and I have chosen to break that. And I am so happy and proud of myself that even though I was 22 years old when I had my daughter and we have grown up together, that that pattern did not continue with my child because I made a choice. But also I believe that like our parents did the best with what they had. Like I will never say that, you know, my mom didn't do the best. My mom was a great mom in a lot of ways, right? But she was, there was things that were passed down from her mother that she maybe didn't recognize or have the tools or whatever to change that with me. But I did. And I was like, enough is enough, right? Like this is where it stops. And so you can make that conscious decision at any point in your life to change a generational thing, bond. Like there are things that you can do to make an effort to choose different for your own children. And I think no matter how great of a parent you think you are or you aren't, you're gonna fuck up your kids somehow, right? Yeah. There's no, That's just a given, right? So if you think you're a perfect parent and you're doing it great, you're not. I mean, <laughs> you're doing a good job, don't get me wrong. And the fact that you're- You're consult- fucking them up in a way that you don't even know but you're the, But it's true, like that's just the reality. But if you can say you took tools and you did better, and I'm not talking about like financially or giving your kids more you know, physical things. things. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. Wah, wah. I'm saying you're giving your kids tools. Or, you know, my number one thing is, like Marie was saying in a previous episode, is we lose our shit on our kids all the time because we're stressed out about something else. And so what I do with my children, if that happens, and it's happened less and less as I've grown as a person, is I will say to them, I want you to understand that this, is n- this was not about you. This was about mommy. And mommy's taking accountability and saying, I'm sorry. I don't ever remember my parents ever saying I'm sorry for them losing their shit on me when it really had nothing to do with me. And so just taking that step, right? But also now like I am so proud of myself in the sense of like my daughter and I are like little best friends. You know, I never had that relationship with my aunt. We never went to get our nails done. We never went on girls trips. Like she, I never laid on her lap. My daughter will come and lay with me, say, can you scratch my back for me? to sleep, you know, and she's almost 14 and she still asks me and I'm happy to do that because I'm happy that that's the relationship that we have created and the space I've created for her to feel like she can come to her mom. Yeah. No matter what. And I think it's perception, right? All of this stuff that we talk about is just awareness, which is actually no solos tagline, awareness, Mm -hmm. A-W-E-A-R, because it's a clothing brand, is awareness is key. And like Chrissy said, kind of you said in the, in the beginning is back in the day, it wasn't okay to get help. And I argue that people in their 50s and 60s still don't believe that is, it is okay to ask for help. 100%. Therapy is a weakness. Right. And that is sick. Like that is terrible because their talk therapy, and I would argue that this is our version of talk therapy, 
helps you unravel and unfold things that need care and that need help. And when you talk things out unbiasedly or to someone who has an unbiased opinion that wants to create a situation from good to great or from bad to good, you get to decide how to fix that problem. And you kind of can't do that when you're playing ping pong in your head. You know, when you, it, it doesn't work well in silence, right? You have to sometimes let it out. And so I have found that my cards that I was dealt, you wouldn't fucking believe it. All of the shit that I went through, the relationship that I have with my dad, what happened to my mom, things that happened to me in high school that never will ever be forgotten and forgiven. No way. Things that happened to me as a child, all of that stuff is I carry these scars and these burdens that I choose to make my picture more colorful. I choose to take these things and say, this is part of me and this is trauma and it is terrible. But what it does do for me is make me more aware, more grateful, more empathetic, more wise, and just a well-rounded person that's not judgmental, that says everyone is welcome here and all you, everyone can carry their trauma and everyone can carry their scars. And it doesn't mean that they're beautiful. It just means that you have them so you could be better for it. And like my mom got so bad. So when I was like, I was working six days a week and the problem with mental illness is like when you have bipolar, sometimes when something really good happens, your body doesn't know how to react to it. So it has a negative, you know, uh, that counter emotion. So like a couple days after my brother had their first baby, my mom tried to commit suicide because it was such a high for her that it actually had the opposite reaction. And if you've never, um, you know, don't know anyone, like congratulations, like I'm so happy for you that you don't have to deal with any of those things. But I was the person who found my mom. Um, she did it in my house. And I know she did it in my house because she, she felt safe. And she wasn't trying to hurt me. I know she wasn't. She wasn't trying to hurt me. And I'm not mad at my mom. I feel bad for her because I know she is sick. And like all I can do is be thankful that I don't have her genes genetically. Mm -hmm. And all I can do is do everything in my power to change her for the better. If I can make her happier, if I can make her see a different part, if I can use, you know, exercise or, you know, anything like that to make her life a little bit better, like that is my mission. And my mission is to break that generational you know, curse of it doesn't have to be like that. And I take every moment, every experience, and every bit of trauma that I choose to not forget, and I use it to my advantage. Because when I use it to my advantage, I can help other people that don't know how to navigate through those really big issues. Because Thank God I have a little bit of that masculine energy where I'm not as empathetic. You know, I don't take on people's sadness. I don't have that ability. I've created this shell around me, which makes me really defensive. It's a protection, right? It's a compartmentalize of these are not my issues, so I don't have to feel. Like, I'm sympathetic. Like, I, I can feel other people's, like, I'm aware, when, but I'm not... I don't have that empathetic thing where I carry other people's burdens on me. See, I do. I, I don't. I don't have that. And so I'm grateful for that because I'm able to then have a more productive help 
rather than someone who actually gets down with like I can kind of compartmentalize that which is a a skill that I was taught at a very young age that you know the surroundings that were happening around me had nothing to do with me like I was a child and an abusive you know my parents had a very abusive relationship they lots of physical lots of verbal lots of emotional damage happening you know from zero to eight in my life and you know when my parents got divorced at a really young age like all I knew was trauma all I knew was that was my normal. And as an adult, when I look back is how do I never create that environment, which is one of the main reasons why I got divorced, is that I didn't want that replication of, of bad parenting, of, of fighting. Like I didn't want my kids to think that was normal. So I would rather be like my mom and fight for what was right, even though we had to live in a car for a week, even though we need we moved 12 times. I'm not mad at her for fighting and for fighting what she was fighting against. Right. Like she found an escape, but then it ultimately like, you know, my mom obviously suffered later in life from it and she's still suffering for, you know, to this day. But like that is has nothing to do with me. All I can do is take that hand and play it as, as best as I can. And if that is channeling, helping people live their best version of their life, then I'm going to do that. And my mission in life is to make other people the best version of themselves because feeling like a less than version of yourself is really shitty. Yeah. And we just don't want anybody to feel alone. You know, we all have our, our shit. Our families have our shit. It doesn't matter how good it looks from the outside looking in. They're shit, right? And what we're doing and what we want to do is spread awareness, obviously, about it, but also really hone in the fact that you have a choice. It is to replicate exactly what you didn't like. You know, I, I see that so much in so many people is they'll tell me that they didn't like X, Y, Z about what their mom or their dad did, but they do the exact same thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is where that fork in the road, that choice comes in, where you are making the choice to follow in the same footsteps or that one degree, right? That one degree change that you can choose to make every day to lead you in a totally different direction. Because even as Glennon Doyle says in Untamed, right? Your parents had their castle. That was their island with their castle on it and they ran it the way that they wanted to run it. The good, bad, ugly, whatever. You now have your own castle and you have, you know, the moat. You have control over the moat of who comes and who goes and what you allow and what you don't allow. And that is your choice and your right and your boundary. And that is part of being an adult and choosing differently regardless of how hard some things are. For me, the demon in our family really is like alcoholism. It runs rampant on both sides of my family. I have seen it destroy so many things. And I went through a phase in my most recent relationship where I was following into a pattern of looking forward to a drink when I would come home every night. And I was like, absolutely not. Because I am aware that it runs rampant. And I look at even my brothers and I am like, these are things that you guys need to be aware of because it's on both sides of our family. And again, that is a choice that I make that I am conscious of every day to make a different decision. And that's where like nature and nurture mm -hmm. comes in. It's really important is like you obviously have 
you know, nature, your tendencies. We talked about it in a couple episodes, like your masculine and your feminine energy, who you are as a person, who you are genetically, is you are who you are. The nurture is kind of that 50-50, I think maybe even like 60-40, like nature is who you are and then 40% is your experiences, is how do you make those so you can understand why you are the way you are? So doing a personality assessment is like a really good idea. Like if you guys have not looked at your saboteurs or your um, like all so or, yeah. many, so many things, personality, like personality, you have to dive deep into who you are as a person to understand your tendencies. So Chrissy's talking about alcoholism is in her family. I would argue that that is an addiction quality, mm-hmm. right? So Chrissy in her bloodline probably has a little addict in her. So her being able to know that and then make sure she creates an environment in which she doesn't, like, she uses that as a pro, right? How do we use her tendencies in a positive way rather, rather in a negative way? Mm-hmm. And a lot of addicts do great things. Like, if you channel someone who has an addictive personality to good, holy shit, they are those people who are ultra marathon runners. They are hyper focused, hyper smart. They are those rain men of, of amazingness because they have that ability to be addicted in the best way. And when you have someone that's like that is you can use that as a strength. And so learning about yourself and your bloodline and you genetically and knowing your experiences will help you channel your things that you have for good. So in my case is using my mom situation for care of other people, but like using my dad's situation, like someone who like, I don't like, I haven't learned how to use my dad's situation as a benefit in my life. Like the only thing that I've learned from a situation with my dad has carried into negative things in my life. So I'm still working through like finding the goodness or the positive or the how I can use a really bad deck of cards there. I actually disagree with you there. I think that you have used that experience with your dad to set boundaries in other places in your life where you're like, I tolerated this at one point in my life and I never will again. Okay. So I think that you are undermining yourself, that you have taken some of that experience and with the resentment, with all the feelings that go towards it, you have also learned how to really, for lack of a better term, take no shit. Yeah, right. Maybe that, yeah, that's and, it. And go to the other side. Maybe even too much, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> which is not a bad thing at this point where you're like, I'm setting this boundary. This is what I expect. This is what I want. And I'm not going to tolerate anything else. Yeah. Because you tolerated so much that now you're like, no, absolutely not. Like the buck stops here. Yeah. And I think it's like, appreciate because I love you so much. And like, you're, I thank you for seeing that. Cause like so many times I don't see it is like, I have such a hard shell is because like things that like my dad would say to me, he would be like, you don't have an opinion until you're 18. So I have this like nasty, raw, gritty, like you can't fucking tell me no, because if you tell me no, I am going to show you yes times 10. I'm going to take pictures. (laughs) I'm going to do it and I'm going to take pictures. Bull in a tea shop. So I have this kind of like grittiness. And my poor ex-husband used to be like, damn, like you are so like just God, like calm down. But I have this 
pent up like this like thing where I need to always like go extra because I've been told no so many times and I told this in my class the other day and I don't want you to lose your train of thought but I told this in my class the other day is like everything um we wanted to start our wellness retreat um program and like I literally was told no by like my job I was told no by I was like tired of being told no like if someone else told me no I was going to so I said fuck it I found someone who also believes in my mission and I'm going to I'm going to do it on our own. Like, I don't need anybody yeah, and, anymore. and that's what I was going to say. So my dad always says to me, you came out of the womb like you have something to prove. Yeah. And I don't even know what it is about me, but there's just this innate need and desire to do what others will not do, to take the step first, to go first, to lead the way, to, to, to just prove people wrong. Like, I get off on that because I want other people to know it's possible because I did it already. If I can do it, so can you. And so it's that you take that grittiness, right? And you take that resilience that you learn, you know, through your experiences and your traumas and those heartbreaks, and you turn it into something beautiful. And that's why I think we get along so well, because we have that same decided heart. Like if I have a decided heart and a decided mind, nothing Gets will stop way. me. Yeah, nothing. nothing is going <laughs> to stop me from achieving something that I believe in with a full heart and a full mind. Yeah. Like that is just how I am. When I make a decision, that decision is solid and I will stand by it and I will see it through. Yeah. And it's like if you're able to use those experiences and use them in your personalities or in your sexual desires or in your relationships or work behaviors or all of those things, you have to look at it and say, I am like this because, have awareness. Literally, I am like this, abrasive or blah, 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 because of these experiences is you will understand yourself more and can use them to your advantage. It's not that like, you know, I didn't even do the work beforehand. I didn't know that I was this way because not until I went to therapy, not until I surrounded myself and was in an environment of security and safeness where I felt okay to be my most raw self because of my nature plus nurture self. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm tired of not wearing my experiences like on my sleeve. I'm okay with it. Like I am fully okay with realizing that like I've had these experiences and yes, they are terrible. I argue that some experiences are so terrible and we said this in a couple, is that you justify bad behavior and you normalize it. So I had a situation that happened to me in high school that I normalized, which is why I could go into my marriage or could go into these different, I argue that previous experiences were so normal to me, even though they were not okay, that getting into worse scenarios was normal. It's like gateway drugs. Like gateway drugs are a thing. Like, yes, this is like, uh, this is a, you know, totally different conversation, but like, I don't, I, I'm so glad, like I never did drugs as a kid or anything like that, but like if you're a child or a teenager and says like, or you're a parent and you're like, oh, it's okay if my kid smokes a little bit of weed, it's okay if my kid does a little bit of alcohol or whatever, is that when you normalize that, the need for the next step is one step closer because we normalize things that are negative, which brings us to the next step, which is more negative. Like 
And that's a thing. So gateway drugs, like I, so I went to college to be a health and PE teacher. And I think that's a really good example of why doing the little things that cause bad behaviors are not okay is like, because you're going to take the next step because your body wants the next thing and everyone can have their different opinion on it or whatever. But I do argue there's the pendulum that swings all the way over. Like, um, someone who has never, you know, had one sip of alcohol, has never done anything bad in their life. Then we get, they get released into the wild <laughs> and they're fucking nuts. Yeah. Cause they've and never had They've that never experience. had it. And so like finding that balance of, uh, you know, of that is really important. But what brings us back to is just awareness is being able to be aware that people do have mental illness. These things do exist. You know, people do have trauma from bad relationships. People do carry these traumatic experiences that we need to be aware of, but they don't define me. Like my mom having mental illness doesn't define me. I use it as a play that I can win in life. My horrible relationship that I have with my dad doesn't define me, but it does help me decide how I want to live the rest of my life. And I'm responsible for that. And like, if you're, if you don't feel in control of that right now, is that that's when you really need help. Well, and that's the key is the responsibility piece. The number one thing that I cannot stand is the lack of accountability or the saying, that's just how I am. That's just how I am. Or they made me, or they made me do this. Or I'm like, no, nothing drives me more crazy than that because you are your own individual self. Mm -hmm. You are in control of your actions. You are in control of your life and we get one of it. And for you to live in a victim mentality because of the hands that you were dealt is fucking bullshit. Yep. (laughs) I've got nothing. I've got nothing, Chrissy. That's it. All right. So listen, mic drop. Mic. (laughs) Yeah. Mic drop. (laughs) Mic removal. Mic removal. We are well aware that this is deep. So this is really important for me, especially this time of year. This is a very lonely type of year. So if you know someone that is alone, love them, take them in. Invite them to Thanksgiving dinner. Invite them to Thanksgiving. Invite them to Christmas, Hanukkah, Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. It doesn't matter. Is include everybody that you know that is suffering because when you feel alone that ping pong starts to happen and what everyone needs is love and support there's not one person in this world that doesn't need that and so especially this time of year take care of the people that are in your inner circle reach out ask if they're okay give them a call send them a text invite them over to your house send them a gift send them a card do something that makes them feel seen and heard and loved and you probably don't even realize how much it will change their life but everyone needs love and support and so you know do a great job this year of supporting mental illness no solo is a beautiful brand it's a beautiful company that is trying to spread awareness and care for people with mental illness you can find them you know on just going to their instagram page or no solo you can use you know the code marie 20 marie urban 20 um, to get 20 percent off if you know financially you need a little bit of help um but there are avenues and use them and we're one of them reach out yeah reach out if you need us, if you need some love, some care, a friend, um, or call your therapist. There's a thousand things out there. Don't be alone.
So thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye.